Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of courage to be curious. This entire year of 2020 is dedicated to exploring and asking productively curious questions. Honestly, there is no simpler or better tool to facilitate positive change in our lives, relationships, and in our workplaces than learning to ask and answer more productively curious questions. So let's dive right in to today's question and today's full episode. Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of courage to be curious. And if you are an avid listener, you know that I missed last week. We have been running this podcast show for almost four years now. And in a moment, I will tell you how it is I can remember that it's four years. And there have been very few weeks in there that I've missed airing a show, except for, of course, the first week of the month when we distribute a newsletter. And this past week was one of those weeks. It was the post-election week or post-the-decision-of-the-election week. And for many reasons, I was having one of those weeks where there was no inspiration coming I was in one of my personal funks and I simply had, could not compile my thoughts as to what I would say or do. And so there was one part of me that kept sort of pushing myself, you know, well, be in that place, put something out there. You've got to make this happen. You do this every week. And that part that was just sort of like pushing and driving and pushing and driving. And then there was another part of me that was saying, Nobody's life is hanging on whether or not I put out a podcast this week. So I actually decided to exercise one of my own teachings that I often share with clients is that when you're in a total fog and when everything is feeling unclear, one of the best things to do is to simply pause and not do anything. And while I didn't completely give up all activity, I did decide that for the podcast, it was just a moment of pause. If I really didn't have a clear sense as to where to go, what I felt would be relevant or meaningful to the community, what was really going to inspire me, or even a clear sense as to what to share, I decided it's best to take a pause. And so I want to put that out there first, because Sometimes what we're doing can seem so urgent or we set deadlines for ourselves because they help to keep us motivated. And all of that is true. If I didn't have a regular consistent practice of podcasting every week, it just wouldn't happen. I wouldn't feel so accountable to putting the words out there to sharing. And then even as that is true, it's still important sometimes to recognize when it's a moment of pause and regrouping. And so In any case, if you're a regular listener and you were wondering, that's what happened last week. And if you are a newer listening, let the message here be about the power of stepping back and pausing rather than always trying to push through something. So the thing I mentioned a moment ago was how it is that I remember that this is about four years of podcasting. And the truth is that I had started actually was about 20 at September of 2016, when I started August, September, something like that. And I started this podcasting collaboration with a colleague, Jody Silverman, who once runs an amazing group 
for empty nesting moms called Moms Who Dare. You can check that out. But um, we started together collaboratively thinking about how to put curiosity out into the world. And we were together maybe two or three months doing that and then realized that this wasn't going to be a long-term collaboration for the podcast. And I was faced with the decision as to whether to continue the podcast or let it go because at the time we were having guests on every week and Jody was doing a lot of the recruitment of guests. And I knew that there would be no way that I could sustain the podcast if I had to bring guests on every week and do all that coordination. In any case, I sat down and I, you know, thought about it. And then we had the election season of 2016 and we had what came after that. And we had what then seemed to be an incredibly divided country and people just so divisive and non unable to hear and listen to each other. And I felt like I wanted to make a contribution into improving that space somewhere. Of course, little did I know that post-election 2020, we might be in an even more divisive place. But in 2016, that was my perception. And I think it was a reality in many people's perceptions that we were in a very divisive place. And I took on the theme for 2017 of talking about courageous connections. So if you haven't, weren't a listener back then and you want to go back to the archives, we've been, yes, doing this for a long time. And we have an entire year where we focused on courageous connections and how do we reach out and connect with each other and experience each other and be able to see each other past the things that divide us. And so here we are now, and we just completed another election series season four years later. And I feel like I'm facing the same nation, right? The same nation where we are a nation divided, and there are so many elements that pull us from connecting with each other but becoming more focused on and self-included on ideological differences and political differences rather than connecting around our humanity. So I wanted to re-steer, I guess, the podcast today back to that because that is what rose up for me again is that right now in this moment, And especially as we're moving toward a Thanksgiving, which for many of us is not going to have a lot of people coming together, is how do we bring ourselves, whether it's toward people that we love and feel close to and we see eye to eye with a lot, or people that we love and we're close to and we don't see eye to eye with in terms of our political views or other kinds of views, and just people in the world that we don't know at all who we may experience different things with. So how do we come together And especially since people might be having Zoom Thanksgivings, I don't know what's going to happen with Zoom Thanksgiving, Zoom's Christmases or Hanukkahs or whatever that's going to be, or Diwali's. I spoke with a friend yesterday and they're having that celebration by Zoom. How do we connect with people? And especially in this time where there's so much heightened divisiveness, especially if we look in the political sphere. So that's my focus for today. Long prelude to getting there, but that's what I want to talk about today. Whenever I think about divisiveness or a kind of thing that separates us, because how could we all see things so differently? Usually the first story I'm reminded of, and maybe that's because of my Jewish studies degree, is the story at the end of the Bible. It's the fifth book of the Bible, the Old Testament, 
where Moses is instructed in, to send spies into the promised land to scout it out. And Moses sends 10 spies and eight of those spies come back and they say, oh my, or maybe it was 12 spies, whatever the number is, but you know, all of them except two come back and say, you know, it's, we'll never be able to go in there and it's so dangerous there and there are giants there and, you know, had this report that was so scary about what was on the other side of that border. You know, they've been in theory wandering in the desert for all of these years. They finally reached the border of the promised land. And these spies come back and are terrified and says, there's no way we can't go in there. And the people there are giants and the land isn't good and all of those things. And then two of the spies come back and they say, that land is beautiful. It's gorgeous. And you know, it, it flows with this idea of milk and honey and things like that. And how does that happen, right? How do, whether it was 10 or 12, maybe it's 12 spies, go in and 10 of them can see one thing and two of them can see something completely different. A similar story, and I, you know, was just told or is told in one of my favorite books called The Art of Possibilities by Rosamund Zander and Benjamin Zander, Rosamund Stone Zander and Benjamin Zander. And she talks about a story when she's discussing this notion of perspective about, again, a business investor who sends people out to Africa, parts of Africa to scout out whether or not there's prospects there for a new shoe market. And some of the folks who go out there to prospect it say, oh my gosh, it's a terrible, there's no opportunity here. Nobody wears shoes. And the others come back and say, oh my gosh, there's tremendous opportunity. Nobody wears shoes yet. And so which of those is true, right? What's true is that people aren't wearing shoes. Is it a great opportunity? Is there a terrible opportunity? And of course, then there's one of my favorite old parables, which I won't go into the full explanation again here, but it's typically referred to the man and the horse. And, you know, every time something happens in this farmer's life, the village people come and say, oh my gosh, how horrible, or oh my gosh, how wonderful. And the farmer resists the temptation to fall into the pit of, you know, the emotional reaction and says, well, how do I know? Like the facts are true. They're not wearing shoes is true. But what that means for our business prospect, or if my horse ran away or my son broke his leg or whatever it is in the farmer's story, how do I know if it's good or bad? And it's this notion of how we could have such varying perspectives on the same thing. And yet that's definitely the place that we are in, right? Whether we're families and whether it's around politics or any other issues, people argue about social issues where they see things very differently or even how to raise children and see things really differently. You know, all of these things, it is, it's a truth. It's a fact that humans will see things differently. And it's also a it seems to be true that when we see things differently, that is a space that can divide us. And it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of work and a lot of intentionality to figure out a place of love and connection to be with people whose views are really different from ours. The fear is, however, is that if we don't reform those connections, then the only thing left, the alternative is this divisiveness and this hate and hate grows, you know, hate and prejudice and intolerance just feeds off of environments where there's no connection. 
think about it in our own families. Like when somebody's wronged another person and we just kind of sit in that and we let that fester, it's like there's so much hate and distance that can grow, but it doesn't just get directed to the other person. It's something that stays in with us too. So what do we do in this space? And I wanted to lay out, I think a formula that I try to work with I will, full disclosure, I'm not always 100% successful, but I was just taking a walk the other day with an amazing friend of mine. Um, She's a rabbi and she does a lot of work in hospitals. And she was recently talking with a friend whose husband had a really different political leaning and things like that. And when a conversation came up, she did something so amazing And instead of freezing or fighting or battling or just totally avoiding, she did this amazing thing. She leaned in and she said, tell me about your experience. Tell me what you see. And so I want to go into a little bit more of a formula that we could practice. And we can practice whether this is at holiday dinners or with people where we may have a division, whether it's politically or on social issues, or maybe it's even, as I said, on parenting issues or anything else where we have differences in perspective. And you know, I could go into all the reasons why we always have differences in perspective. So anyway, this formula will be really helpful. Let's look at it. When something comes up where we notice and identify that there's two different perspectives, the first thing is let's pause. Our gut reaction when we notice differences of perspective is typically a fight, flee, freeze, or I like this one, fix. <laughs> My Another friend of mine added, she didn't come up with it, but has introduced me to the fourth F of freeze, flee, and fight, which is fix. So I can freeze, which is just like, I have no idea what to say. And I just sort of, I'm paralyzed in the conversation. Flee as we run away from it, but let's change the subject. Let's get out of here as fast as we can. Fight, we start to argue about it. Or fix is, oh, let me just, if I fill in all the gaps and tell you all this information, I can help you understand why what you're thinking is wrong. So all of those are what are typically unproductive. I don't know many fixers who have found that they could fix somebody else's perspective just by presenting the alternative information. It very rarely happens because perspectives are so much more tied up emotionally and things like that. So the first thing to do, step one is to pause and recognize, all right, we have a difference of perspective here, which means that the collective of all of our experience, everything we know has pointed us in different directions on the same matter. Awesome, good thing to notice. And after that pausing, which helps us to open our heart a little bit, because sometimes when that difference comes up, our heart immediately, like it's almost like the gates shut and we're like, oh, protect, protect what you believe, protect what you know, protect yourself. So that pause, we just kind of open the gates a little bit, right? Gates to understanding, gates to openness. And then we have the opportunity to ask the question, Tell exactly as my friend did, tell me about your experience. Tell me what you're perceiving. Wow. Like what might happen if we opened the door and gave a little bit of space for someone else to share their perspective? Tell us what they were seeing. Tell us what they were experiencing. Tell us what they were feeling. So we have pause. We have the opening up of the gates Tell me about your experience. And on the other side of that, we actually really listen. 
And then after we listen, we actually encourage it more. And we say, tell me what's important to you about whatever it is they just said. They just shared things with you. You know, what's important to you about that? What really matters most? So, of course, the specifics of that question will tie into what you've just been listening to or hearing from the other person. But then we say, you know, tell me what matters to you about that. And once we do, then it's a matter of validating. I understand that makes sense. It makes sense that this thing that you've just identified as important to you would be important to you. That's not the same as saying, I agree with your perspective, or I think it's right, or whatever those things are. But to say to somebody, I value that, wow, this was important to you. And I can understand and see and value that that particular thing, not the perspective, but the thing about it that was important is important to you. You know, if someone has a different belief based on their faith and faith is really important to them, if they have a different perspective, you know, based on economics or, you know, their own vulnerabilities, those things are important to them. Those are valid. So we validate them. So we have pause, open up the gates. Tell me about your experience. Third, what matters to you? What's important to you about that? And then validating that. And then next is permission to share. Would it be okay if I share with you or would you be interested in hearing my perspective on that? It's a game changer when we do something like pause and ask permission to share. Because when we pause and ask permission to share, just like in the very beginning where the pause was there to help us open up the gates of our hearts, the permission question is there to help the other person open up the gates to their heart and open up their ears to listening as well. So we need that on both sides. If there's ever going to be a connection, both people have to be open. The pause on the front end helps us to open up a bit. Asking permission creates a pause and invites the other person to open as well. Because when we say to somebody, would it be okay? Would you be all right if I shared some of my thoughts on this? They have to pause. They have to go into their heart, not just their head. And truth is, I very rarely have anybody say no. So we have the initial pause. Tell me about your experience. What matters to you or is important to you about that? A validation of that experience of what's important. Permission to share. And then, of course, sharing your perspective in a respectful way. And then finally, if it's relevant, sometimes just the sharing and the listening is all is what's relevant or what's important at that time. But how powerful might it be if this then landed I wonder where it is we can or do meet in our perspective or our thinking. I wonder where there's actually amidst all of these things that might be different. It sounds like there might be one or two things that we actually feel similarly about or that we actually value. And in all of the reconciliation types of conversation protocols that are out there in the places where there are the largest conflicts in the world, this is an important piece of the puzzle. 
because typically underneath there, there are common values, whether it's common values around faith or common values around a family and what's important or common values around kindness. They're just showing up in different ways. People are seeing different paths to follow those things. And so how can we find that common space? Because it's in that place of commonality that we will reconnect, that we will gain connection. I can't speak to politics because I'm not a politician. I don't really know the full rules of the game there. And I don't actually want to really know the full rules of the game there. I will never be a politician. And this podcast is not politician training. It is, however, in one way, training for human connection and our own human development. And on a human to human basis, whether we are at work, whether we are in our families, whether we are out in the street, finding a way to connect with those around us and to find the common humanity that lies underneath whatever the layers of disconnect are is how we will heal internally and as a community, as a nation, as a people. At least it's my two cents on the matter. So just to review, when we notice those different perspectives, like pause to notice, all right, we're about, we are in different places here. Good to notice, pause. Tell me about your experience and what you're perceiving. Tell me what really matters to you about that, why that's important. Validate that experience. Ask permission to share your experience and then share it respectfully. And then finally, get curious. Wonder, I wonder where it is we actually meet and share a value around the same thing. So that's the episode for today and a recipe for how we can go out into our lives and address differences of perspective. Again, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, and things like that, please email me. I always love to get your emails. Let's all be like, figure out how to be brilliant and shine our lights in the world, a light for connection and a light for moving forward together with people who share similar perspectives and people who do not share similar perspectives. And I share this and sometimes it's My daughter will joke to me, mom, this is like your therapy, your own therapy for yourself. And sometimes it is because sometimes these things are not so easy for me either. And sometimes sharing them out here helps to reinforce them for me as well. And so I'm certainly excited to really see, take in my own instruction here and keep bringing it out into the world. Have a great week and we will be back with you again next week for another episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to experience the full game-changing potential of the questions we explore, be sure to add your name to our mailing list at www.couragetobecurious.com. Our subscribers receive weekly notification of the podcast, along with specific tools for using these questions on a daily and weekly basis to create positive and powerful impact. As always, the questions we explore on the podcast can be found in our Live, Lead, and Love with the Courage to be Curious card decks that are available at liveleadlovecourageously.com. And if you are interested in harnessing the power of productive curiosity for your company or organization, contact us about scheduling a professional development experience. 
In the meantime, keep wondering your way to brilliant. <laughs>